This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Breyers Ice Cream, America's number one ice cream brand. Breyers Carb Smart offers food lovers like me on a low-carb diet a line of sweets with three to five grams net carbs per serving in flavors like chocolate-covered almond, vanilla, peanut butter, and caramel swirl. They are the perfect way to get my frozen treat fix, except for the fact that they're so good my kids keep stealing my stash. To get an exclusive discount on your next purchase, visit briars.com backslash didn't I just feed you. There is nothing that will change the game more than a sharp knife. Like all of a sudden it's safer. You're not bruising food. You're cutting things more quickly. It's more fun. It's more efficient. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is like, is this what it's supposed to be like? Wow. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Hey, before we get started, we want to make sure that if you haven't already, you take a moment to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. That way you don't miss a single episode. And if you're feeling really generous, you know what I'm going to say, rate and review too. It helps, I would say mostly with our morale. (laughs) 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 But it also really does help people find us. The more people who rate and review, the more that like crazy algorithmic magic happens and other parents can join us. And we want that. We want a bigger, happier community. I do think our morale is the most important reason to leave a review. (laughs) But haven't you ever like gone to buy something on Amazon or gone to check out a show and looked at the ratings before you decided like, oh, I'm going to subscribe or I'm even going to pick one episode to listen to? All the time. Yes. So that's the whole reason to review because... Other people want to know that you like us. Do you like us? Leave you a like review. Us. You really like us? <laughs> Can you tell we've been in quarantine too long? Uh, too Probably long. with people who no longer like us. Maybe that's why we need this affirmation. Yes, so I am unclear as to whether my family still likes me or not <laughs> at this point. Did tell. And honestly, <laughs> I'm unclear about whether I like them or not at this point in quarantine. <laughs> 
too hard yeah. too earnestly. Okay. <laughs> and I know it's not, it's a very great and useful episode. It's not even one where we're trying to be funny. We just might have the giggles today. I think that we do. Wah. All right. All right. So Let's get to the topic, because I'm psyched about this one. A and hey, one of our listeners in the listener group said that they wanted like super quick, no brainer meals. And today's episode is all about quicker than quick cooking. And I want to know what you think is quicker than quick cooking, Stacey. Uh, okay. So I think quicker than quick is, okay, It's you know, it really depends on the circumstances. I do think that like 30 minutes or fewer is the baseline, but actually for me, like 20 minutes mm-hmm. is a nice sweet spot. I do not tend to throw together meals with a bunch of store-bought stuff that takes like 10 or 15 minutes. That does, that happens pretty rarely. It's yeah. like my tostadas. Um, that's like emergency, like mom's about to crack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so every day in quarantine. <laughs> yes. Um, but I'm usually happy to put in at least 20 minutes. Like yeah. that can be, even when I'm stressed, that's like a happy spot for me, but not Having to think is a really big one for me, like quicker than quick, like letting go some of like the mental load. Like if I'm going to put 20 or 30 minutes into dinner right now, that they can be minutes where my mind can decompress or wander is a big one for me. But that might be because I'm a food professional and I can cook on automatic a lot. What about you? So I do feel like I have a handful of those like grocery store shortcut meals that we rely on a lot. And I say we because oftentimes those are the things that I would encourage Brian to cook when I like really truly don't want to cook. And I think those are like very important for families to have in their roster, right? Like the the package of fresh tortellini, the jar of sauce and the pre-shredded cheese that Brian can like throw into a casserole dish and stick in the oven saves my life a lot, to be quite honest. That's a really, really good point because I, this is no diss. This is like, this is the way our family, like we're both on the same page about it. Mike never cooks. Like he cooks maybe once every three months. Like he has one dish and he'll be like, can I help by doing that? Or I can order. And like, that's what we do. But for when you're splitting responsibilities, cooking responsibilities, I bet you're right that a lot of people need those quicker than quick. Yeah. There's usually one person in the partnership that isn't as big a cook. Oh, for sure. And I should like fully disclose, I don't think of our cooking responsibilities as split by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I didn't mean 50-50, but yeah. Because I think... Shout yourself out, girl. Yeah, I think like getting him to third base and letting him take the home run, it doesn't, it doesn't count as him cooking like if I buy if I plan it and I buy all the ingredients I feel like it's not the same as him like planning and cooking it which would be like true division of responsibility right I bet he would like to get to third base (laughs) he he often tries he really does I couldn't help it he's more likely to get there if he's cooked dinner um and I think like this is a this is a strategy we don't talk enough about like these shortcut meals under the circumstances, right? Like we're most of us are still like staying home. We're trying to limit our grocery store runs. We're also maybe like limiting our meals out to things that we really enjoy and supporting local restaurants rather yeah. than like those cheap 
takeout or yep. or to go meals. And so having a few things that like when truly everyone is exhausted of cooking, but like you really can't go out for dinner or you really don't want to spend the money, like having a couple quicker than quick things to make is imperative right now. Yes. So can you just like very quickly, what are some of your like, I mentioned tostadas. Yeah, I love your tostadas. And actually, we're going to have them this week. So we do, I do a lot of like buying ground beef and some sort of slaw and, and like tortillas or pancakes of some kind. And like that can go sort of Tex-Mexy or sort of Asian, depending on what sauces we throw in it. But like ground meat takes no time to cook. And then you can either like add the slaw and cook it or put salad dressing on the slaw and like make quickie little tacos. So it's like a carb, a protein, and a vegetable. And it literally takes... 15 minutes to pull together. I mean, there's definitely some, it's not like a no cook meal, right? Which is another thing that we should talk about is like how great quick meals are for summer and like, which is coming down the pike pretty quickly here. I'm trying to think, oh, we do like some with frozen meat, some meals with frozen meatballs and frozen chicken nuggets, but not just like serving them straight up and in traditional ways. Like we do this meatball sub that actually we have, I have a recipe for on the kitchen, which is like, using barbecue sauce and doing sub rolls and you like roast everything on one sheet pan all together and you use like frozen or pre-chopped broccoli as the side super easy again like maybe takes 20 minutes but of cooking time but it's all hands off because it's all in the oven I feel like ramen noodles really qualify a lot for us as quicker than quick meals because, you know, the noodles themselves take three minutes to cook in boiling water, but you could, like, we use them as a vehicle for leftovers a lot of time. Oh, that's smart. Or, like, buying a rotisserie chicken in our grocery delivery and then just shredding the chicken, boiling the noodles, and doing, like, frozen edamame steamed in the microwave as our vegetable. I mean, What do you use as a dressing? I love better than bouillon as a dressing Mm -hmm. for ramen noodles. And then recently I bought some um, ramen seasoning from Jacobson Seesaw, which I've been using a lot. Yes. You mentioned it in a recent episode and I'm obsessed. It's so good. And then I recently discovered this really weird. It's not weird. I shouldn't say it's weird because I'm using it. Not chicken salt, I think is the name of it. We'll link to it in the show I notes. I feel like I've seen that before. <laughs> It's a vegetarian sort of like bouillon ramen alternative. It's kind of salty. I think there's a a pretty decent amount of MSG in it, but it it hits that like ramen seasoning. And then also, this is so hacky. I'm almost like someone's going to take away my food editor card if I admit this. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it. But there's this air quotes katsu sauce that I make, which is like ketchup, brown sugar, soy sauce, a little rice wine vinegar. And we use that a lot on ramen bowls. It's like kind of sweet and kind of savory. It's such a hack. Why would someone take, I mean, that is basically what katsu sauce is made of. (laughs) Is it though? I feel like there's more depth to it than that. I really, I would be surprised. I think like, the depth is called MSG. I was going to say, I think my there's guess. like more like garlic and ginger and I like don't yeah. even mess with but, that. I'm too lazy for that. So. I don't, I'm going to do, I'm going to include a katsu sauce recipe okay. in the show notes. Um, and then I want to also, we'll just like take a note of what you just said because <laughs> I yes. bet you it's pretty similar. Yeah. Okay. 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 I might be onto something then. I think you are. (laughs) I think you are. I'm so curious, ahead of, you know, summer coming up, 
true summer, not just summer break, because we've all kind of been in a weird, not summer break, <laughs> but break yes. life right now. Do you have any like no cook meals that are super quick, like little salads you throw together or sandwiches? So I feel we lean on those a lot in the summer. Yeah, I, you know, not really, to be completely honest, because a lot of them, if I'm thinking quicker than quick, and I talk about this with our guest this week, Pamela Salzman, because her new book is called Quicker Than Quick. And actually the full title is Quicker Than Quick, 140 Crave-Worthy Recipes for Healthy Comfort Foods in 30 Minutes or Less. And she talked a lot about how if you're cooking a sweet potato, if you're roasting a sweet potato ahead of time, and then your quicker than quick recipe calls for that sweet potato, is it really quicker than quick? So I'm kind of sensitized to that now. As you would expect for me, a lot of like poaching chicken all the time and like shredding yes. it and keeping it on hand for quick. You're the than chicken quick. lady. Yes. I'm the <laughs> chicken lady. I've fully embraced it now. I, I've fully embraced it. Can we get that on a t-shirt? I feel like I'm the chicken lady is going to become the this season's cheese me. me. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. We have no shame. None. There's none. <laughs> So like, that's a really big one. Um, pasta, which can cook, you know, like in eight minutes, plus the time it takes for the water in your pot to boil, plus like raw spring vegetables or like super quick sauteed, like quickly slicing green zucchini. Like now that we're in the spring and summer place, quickly dicing a beautiful tomato and either using it raw, letting it sit a little bit with some olive oil, a little sherry vinegar, a little minced garlic, or throwing it into a pan with just a, you know, a big pat of butter and some olive oil Mm. and sauteing just like very briefly. Like you're not trying to brown it or develop flavor. You're just trying to soften it and let them release all their juices. And then add like a can of chickpeas or something like that. Or even, Pamela mentioned this, a can of fish. So she uses canned salmon a lot. I love Italian pack tuna. And that goes really beautifully with just like some butter capers and a chopped fresh tomato. So those are like right off the top of my head, some quicker than quick. No cook. Yes. No cook. Also roasting gnocchi. I know roasting, right? You talked about spring and summer and no heat, so it doesn't count. But I think that that goes all the time because the texture that that gives gnocchi and you don't have to worry about a pot of water to boil, literally like toss it on a sheet pan with some olive oil, let it crisp up. It gets to the most satisfying texture. And then you can toss it with like a little cream and fresh tomatoes that have been sitting in that olive oil. It's just really nice and easy. I have a hypothesis that you could do the sheet pan gnocchi on the grill. Oh, are you going to test it? I just right now. And like, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I bet you could do that on a high heat grill with like on a sheet pan or on a grill basket with a lot of olive oil. And then you could grill some really yummy veggies and like eat it all together. Yum. Okay, we have to figure out if we can do that. I pinky right. promise to bring that at some point this summer. I've also been thinking a lot about this little series I did on Kitchen. Gosh, it must have been three or four years ago now because it was when we lived in Atlanta still. Of Again, I'm going to use air quotes. And you guys can't see. Why am I telling you this? <laughs> 
um, no, of like no cook meals. And they were really centered around like coming home from or leaving on vacation. And there was this, there is this sub sandwich recipe that's all veggies and they're like chopped or sliced or grated. And then there's a garlic cream cheese and you put it on like a soft sandwich bun. And it's so good. I actually need to, now as we're talking about this, add those to uh, upcoming meal plan. I do have a little bit of a silly question for you, though, before we get to Pamela. Do you think that ice cream bars count as a no-cook dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to be really honest. For me, they do not count as dinner. But for everybody else in my family, absolute 100% yes, including my husband. (laughs) Yes. So how excited are you to have Briars as a sponsor right now? Oh, my gosh. And Carb Smart. Hello. That's kind of perfect perfect for for Stacey. Stacey, you've been super open about being on a low-carb diet, but we also know that you aren't into limiting what you or your family eats. That's true. I mean, listen, eating low carb helps me feel my best, but I've found smart ways to incorporate my favorite higher carb foods too, because I am not about to give up bread or ice cream. For me, time of day plays a really big role. So I save big bowls of pasta and stuff like that for dinner time. But when it comes to ice cream, which I want to be able to eat whenever a craving strikes, I love low carb options from Breyer's Carb Smart. The CarbSmart line of frozen treats is pretty amazing. You've mentioned it before, but now that they're a sponsor, I had to try it for myself and they are so delicious. Caramel Swirl is my favorite. Also with three grams of fiber and 150 calories or less per serving, I'm psyched to have CarbSmart on hand for myself too, even though I don't count carbs or much of anything other than flavor when it comes to ice cream. Ha, you and my boys both, they certainly don't care if their ice cream is healthy by any measure. They just want it to taste delicious, which is why they love Breyers Carb Smart. I wouldn't expect anything less from Breyers. After all, they've been making our favorite ice creams for over 150 years now. It's a long time. Be sure to get your hands on Breyers Carb Smart for your next sweet tooth craving. Flavors include chocolate covered almond, vanilla, and peanut butter, and are available at all of your favorite major retailers from Amazon Fresh to Walmart, Target to Kroger. All right, Megan, I had such a wonderful talk with Pamela. You know what I love, love, love about her is that at her heart, she's a cooking instructor. Like, that's what she does. And if you're not familiar with her work, she actually goes into people's homes and cooks. Oh, wow. So it's not like she's like, here, and I'm going to teach you how to cook with these professional knives at this facility or at my like personal space and like all professional gear. She's like, in your house, she's finding, you know, cooking with what you have and making it work. And I love that so much. I can't wait till she can get back to that. Um, she is in California, Southern California, but in the meantime, she's doing classes online. So there's that you can be in your kitchen with your stuff. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> and, and she'll you guys walk you co- through it. recently cooked together too. We did on her Instagram Remotely. live series. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. Cause she just, when quarantine started, she just hopped on and was like, I'm going to do this every day thinking oh, it wow. would be like every a couple day. weeks. Now she's like reduced it to six days a week mm. and she takes Sundays off. And she'll continue until quarantine loosens up where she lives in Southern California. But like she did not expect (laughs) to be doing it that much. But anyway, what I love about Pamela is that this is my kind of quicker than quick cooking. It's, you know, making sure you hit that 30 minute mark 
at most, but really cooking, like using fresh ingredients. Like, you know, of course she offers shortcuts and we talk about those. What are her favorite shortcut ingredients? What should you always have in your pantry? She's not like trying to get you to make your own curry paste in 30 minutes, but it's like, you know, chop your own garlic, chop your own onion. Like, let's do this. Like, we're not going to use store-bought stuff. We're going to keep it fresh, simple, easy. So I really love this and I loved my conversation with her. So I already kind of introduced her, but just so everybody knows, um, Pamela is a certified holistic health counselor. She's a full-time cooking instructor and she lives in the gorgeous Manhattan Beach, California with her family. Lucky her. I cannot wait to listen to you guys. Pamela, we are so happy to have you on the line and Okay, I'm particularly excited about this book because I love your work, longtime fan and follower. And I feel like this book represents a little bit of a shift, which I really appreciate. As you know, I really love speaking to busy parents, busy home cooks. They're trying to figure out dinner. You know, their budgets are often limited, their time is definitely limited across the board. And, you know, just trying to help cooks move the needle towards cooking a little bit more, maybe like learning a little bit more about like what's like natural, what's fresh, what they can find. And that is really your passion from what I understand. And I kind of feel like this book is like being pulled in the middle. Like, yes, like really get in there, really get in your kitchen and learn to cook. Like go to the farmer's market, think about, you know, lowering sugar, think about using better for you ingredients. But also now let's think about your time. You know, yeah, it's funny that you say that because I am I think you have a perspective of seeing how I have evolved over the last whatever years because I'm really trying to get people to just like lean in to that healthy way of cooking. And it means different things for different people, obviously, but I'm very responsive to my cooking class students, the ones that I see in person every day. And that's not to say that I'm not responsive to people that I interact with online and in social media, but specifically like my cooking class students really give me the most valuable feedback. And it's all about time right now. So they want to cook healthy. It's almost like I don't need to tell them like the benefits of eating fresh whole foods. They just don't have time. And you know what? Neither do I. And so that is how I shifted. And it's not even like shifted my food philosophy. I mean, I've always, you know, I've kept the same food philosophy for, you know, over a decade, but I've just found that I am busier my students are busier. My friends are busier. We still want to cook for our families. We still understand the importance of eating a whole food-based diet, but we just need to have recipes that don't take as much time. So I'm trying to solve that problem for people that work, people that are maybe don't work, you know, but are incredibly busy with their children at the end of the day and like shuffling them around. And then they come home and it's six o'clock and they want dinner on the table at 630. So I want a book that is like literally a collection of those kind of recipes. I don't want to have to sift through a book to find the quick recipes. I just want that one resource that like, you know, okay, 
such a busy Monday. I'm going to go to that book. And then I know I can like start to finish, make something and not like, you know, there's different types of recipes that people call quick, right? There's the whole roast chicken recipe. Okay. So like you're the like chicken expert, right? Like, Like whole roast chicken recipe. That's a really quick recipe to prep, but it's not a quick recipe to cook. Correct. You got to keep it in the oven for, you know, an hour or so. And so again, like if you're coming home at six, you got to preheat the oven. You got to take the chicken out of the fridge. It's got to come to like somewhat room temperature ish. And then you got to cook it for an hour and then it's going to rest. And like, that's not what people think of as quick just because you only spent five minutes prepping it. So that's how the title of my book came to be. Actually, it's called quicker than quick because I was teaching a cooking class and it happened to be a menu of what I thought were like kind of quick ish recipes. But like one of them had you know, you needed to have roasted a sweet potato before, and then you could like throw it together. And it was like really fast and easy. And so I said to this one girl said to me, she's like, Pamela, we need more quick recipes. I'm like, Oh, like these, these are quick recipes. They're like, like, no, like quicker than quick. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, and I was like, Oh, okay. And they were trying to explain to me, like, we just need, we don't want to marinate things overnight. We just want to like start a recipe without having done anything and then finish it. I'm like, Oh, quicker than quick. Got it. And that's the title of the book. I love that you're bringing this up. Megan and I talk about this a lot because I feel like food professionals can often operate in an echo chamber Mm -hmm. and it gets, it's so easy to lose sight of what real life home cooks are facing when they walk into their kitchen to prep dinner at night or breakfast or whatever it is. And, you know, and that's not even to mention the fact that we all love to cook. We're passionate about it. That's how we've ended up in this profession in the first place. So you're talking about a whole bunch of people who may not even come to the table with that as a, you know, prerequisite. So this idea of 30 minute meals, well, what does that mean? You know, I often talk about this in terms of chopping things. So it can be a super quick recipe, but if you're chopping an onion and a carrot and celery, you know, I can chop those three things in about, you know, a minute and a half flat, but the average home cook may not. So I really appreciate, and I think our listeners are going to also appreciate you thinking more deeply and a little bit more critically about what qualifies as a quick recipe. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I did kind of have this like statement at the beginning of the cookbook that like this should these should be 30 minute recipes for most people. That said, if you've never chopped an onion before, because I've (laughs) seen I see this, this is what I do. So like I can chop an onion pretty quickly and a lot of people who have chopped onions before can chop pretty quickly. But if you've never chopped an onion before and you don't know, you know, the quick technique, then it may take you a lot longer. And there are just some people who, you know, again, they're beginners and they don't feel confident. And so they have to read things many, many times. And that takes a lot of time. But what I'm always trying to emphasize to everybody is that the more you do something, the more fluid you will become and the quicker you will become. So there's just, you know, there's a lot of little tips in the book too. Like a lot of the recipes will say something like even quicker. So like how to take a, even a further shortcut. You know, I'm not opposed to getting your mushrooms already pre-cleaned and sliced. That to me takes a lot of time is to like wipe mushrooms. I think that meal prepping in advance, even though that's not the theme of this book and you don't have to, 
it's pretty valuable. The busier yes. you're, the busier you are, the more you kind of need to start thinking a little bit more strategically. Like, well, if I know I'm making this soup today and I have five minutes and I just finished making breakfast and lunch for the kids and I still have to clean up the kitchen, like I can chop a couple carrots right now and throw it into the fridge for later. Like that might save me some time. So, you know, I think we're, we can all, you know, keep improving and keep getting better and that will make us quicker cooks ultimately. Absolutely. So given that you're a teacher and you're seeing people, you know, you're engaging with people in the kitchen all the time. And we're talking about things like pre-cleaned mushrooms. What are some of your favorite ingredients that serve as time-saving shortcuts? Like, do you buy greens that are already pre-washed, vegetables that are pre-sliced and cut? Talk to us. Yeah. So I people ask me these questions all the time. And I'm like, listen, as long as it doesn't have preservatives added or any kind of nasty stuff, like if it will help you and if it will be the the thing that takes you from like buying takeout versus actually making that from scratch, then like go for it. I don't have a problem with pre-washed greens. And in fact, I will buy my spinach pre-washed and arugula. I tend not to buy those baby mixed field greens just because I don't really like them that much. I find that they just get kind of soggy quickly. Same. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, and then I don't really buy the romaine hearts pre-washed because I just think they're too expensive. But if it's in your budget and it helps you, then that's fine. I, my routine is more like I get home from the market and I'll wash the head of lettuce and like let it sit out to dry while I, you know, unpack everything else. And then I roll it up in the towel and I stick it in the fridge and then it's done. But, you know, there are things that I think are just amazing time savers. Um, so I grew up in a really like big Italian family. Like there was no <laughs> buying marinara sauce. Like yes. we made marinara <laughs> sauce from scratch. In fact, I remember like the first time I ever had like ragu or one of these like bottled marinara sauces, I got sick from it. I was like on a Girl <laughs> Scout camping trip and my mother's like, see, you can't eat the bottled marinara that sauce. I'm like, so I didn't know. Funny. Anyway, so now there are good ones, you know, 30, 40 years ago, yeah. they had sugar and high fructose corn syrup and chemicals and it was just, they were terrible. And now like I buy it and I keep, I still make my own sometimes, but it's nice to have those things. So there are so many great products from companies that are really respecting just whole clean food and they're packaging them in glass. And there's again, no preservatives or chemicals or crappy stuff. And so if you can find, which I have like a great pre-made Thai curry paste, awesome, like huge time saver. I don't make my own mayonnaise, like, right. I mean, so that is something that I for sure am going to buy. I love having canned beans on hand, even though it's very easy to make beans from scratch, yeah, just throw them in a slow cooker, but that takes six and a half hours or put them in an instant pot. And that's still fine too, but it's still going to take you 35 minutes plus the time that the machine comes up to pressure. And then on the stove, it takes you two hours. So love having canned beans on hand. I actually am buying frozen cauliflower rice right now. So yeah, it's really easy to make on your own, but why not? Why not just buy it from Costco in like a huge bag and just, it's, totally affordable. So, you know, those are the, some of the things that I'm kind of, you know, relying on, um, that maybe I wouldn't have 
15, 20 years ago. Totally. So can we talk about garlic for a moment? Yeah. This is a big one. Garlic, clothes that are pre, that have been cleaned off already or pre-chopped garlic. What do you think? Yay or nay? I'm not a fan of garlic that's been already minced and frozen in cubes or chopped already. The, the ones that are frozen in cubes, I listen, I haven't seen every single brand out there, but the ones that I have seen do have preservatives added to it. I mean, you could probably make your own. You could just stick it in an ice cube tray with like olive oil and freeze it, and then you have your own. There have been some, I don't know if it's true, some stories out there about the garlic that's pre-peeled. If it's from China, for example, you don't want to buy it because the way that they peel it is not in a very hygienic way. Yeah. If you want to buy it already peeled, I think it's fine if the if the quality is good and you just find it it's really fresh. It's just going to vary from market to market. I it's just the one thing that I do every single week is like I peel garlic. I I just do it myself. I stick it in a jar. I tell all my students, I'm like, just do a garlic jar. Trust me. And it keeps for a week or more in the fridge. And it's really not that hard to do. I agree. I don't think that people realize how much food comes from overseas. A lot of the prep stuff. (laughs) You'd be really, really surprised. And then, you know, it's just important to keep in mind that that those facilities that are prepping these foods aren't overseen by any American, you know, standards. hundred percent. Exactly. You are hundred percent right now. You hit the nail on the head. The like even organic standards are just different yeah. in China and Mexico than they are here. And I think people are just always going to assume that the frozen vegetables that they're buying, you know, even if it says organic are from the United States and they're not always, we just have to be like, we just have to be massive label readers. We do. And you know, it's funny because I think that if you're going to shift your time anywhere, I love the idea of cutting down on the time you spend prepping your meal. If you already feel like your time is so stretched thin and you can't, you know, and don't want to invest a ton, a ton, a ton of time, extra time into your food life, you know, and shift what you're saving in the kitchen over to shopping at least for a month, right? As you start to read labels, like figure it out, do a little research and then make decisions. And then like that decision can apply for a year. You know, as you find a new brand or something new comes on the market or there's some hot trend, you can look into it. But I do think that that is really important if it's important to you to know where your food is coming from, what standards it's being measured by and so on. Totally. Okay, so we were talking about some like canned beans, marinara, Thai curry paste. What other ingredients do you think are really, really critical to have on hand for a quicker than quick pantry? I can do a lot with olive oil, onions, and garlic. Like if mm. I have those three, and obviously like salt and pepper Italian. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's but Italian. it's just, it's like the base of, of almost everything, right? I mean, yep. it doesn't even matter what cuisine. It's just like, if you've got onions and garlic and some kind of oil, then you're on your way to something. Love having jarred tomatoes. I love like in glass jars, preferably. Love having all kinds of just dried um, grains, legumes. And, you know, we do have some pastas. I kind of mix it up with different types of pasta. So we're not relying on like one type of grain all the time. And then we eat a lot of um, canned and like either in glass jars or canned fish, wild fish, like either tuna or salmon. Like 
Uh, those are just like really great quick protein boosts. And so sometimes I'll even do like a salad and instead of, you know, making a piece of fish, I'll just throw on some canned salmon and great, you know, I'm so happy that my entire family likes it. Um, but it's just, again, a really quick, easy, healthy protein boost. Um, love having vinegars. And then for quick cooking, I really rely on my spices a lot, either pre-made spice blends that I buy, I make my own, or just like having good spices because it's a, just a very easy way to get big flavor in a really short amount of time. So I love, you know, whether it's like Middle Eastern spice blends or um, like Indian spice blends, uh, there's even Ayurvedic ones that I like, taco seasonings, shawarma. I'm really into za'atar right now, which yes. is a Middle Eastern. It's almost like the Middle Eastern herbs de Provence, which is another yes, kind of totally. herb blend that I've loved for years and years. But I think, you know, people, you don't want to overlook your spice cabinet. I agree. And what I love, something in your book, one of, my, one of the many, many pages that I dog-eared were the superfood morning tonics. Mm. Um, and I know not all of them use spices, but the idea of having, you know, a pantry that has your spices and maybe some matcha powder and a couple of other things, not just for cooking and baking, but also for these morning drinks. Yeah, I like, you know, I have to say, like, I'm sort of a cheapskate in some ways. Like, <laughs> I really am. Like, we appreciate I, that. I just, you know, we all spend our money in the way we want to spend our money. Okay. So, you know, I know that it's some people's routine to maybe go out and get their morning beverage from a place and spend $6 on it or more. Um, some of these tonics now are like $10. I can't yes, bring myself. Crazy. I can't do it. I literally cannot yeah. bring myself to spend that kind of money when I can make it at home for 27 cents. Yeah. So, it's like powder and milk. <laughs> right. You know? and, and you water. Can, <laughs> yeah. And you can buy the big thing of powder. I mean, even if it's a little bit pricier, like, you know, I don't know, blue algae, like something really like fun and out there, you're still getting so much more, so much more bang for your so buck. So much more. And you can get the better quality one. Like, so if yes. you're going to... I don't know, wherever some like coffee shop and you're getting a matcha latte, like they're not using good matcha. And a lot of times it's pre-sweetened and, you know, who knows what kind of milk you're putting in it. And it's just, you're, you just can't control what's there. So I do these morning tonics every single day and people kept asking me about them on Instagram. And so I'm like, gosh, maybe I should just put that in the book. And I asked a couple of my students, I'm like, do you think that'd be good to put in the book? They're like, yes, we're always wanting to know like the measurements. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So, you know, I just put the ones that I use most often, but it shouldn't be, you know, just those. You can do so many different riffs on it, whether it's like with cacao and turmeric and cinnamon. And sometimes I even put in like a pinch of cayenne to do just almost like a Mexican hot chocolate. Um, I drink matcha almost every day. So I'm really into matcha. Um, but sometimes I'll even like mix up my matcha too. I love that. And while we're talking breakfast drinks, another thing that I love are the low fructose smoothies because, okay, so we love smoothies. Mm -hmm. Since we've been in quarantine, we're mm -hmm. also like relying very heavily on them, mm -hmm. you know, because my 13-year-old wakes up at a different time than the 10-year-old and totally. like 
breakfast isn't always at the same time. And then if they rush to class and you need, but you have to have something to eat. <laughs> you know, it's 100%. We're really relying, we're leaning into them heavily, but it it is a reminder. I've been like tuning in and paying more attention that they could be packed with sugar, even yeah. if you don't add sugar. The, you know what, Stacey? So you bring up a great point that just ties into my last point, which is if you go to a smoothie place, you ca- you have no idea what they're putting in it. It tastes great, but sometimes they are adding so much fruit and no fat or protein to yep. balance it out. And it ends up being a total sugar bomb. And people think like, oh, it's a smoothie. Like that's so healthy. And you know what? And maybe it's healthier than a like something that's fried and sugar and donut and whatever, but it's still, you're still missing something. So my son eats a smoothie. My son is a little, I mean, he, you know, we've been calling him Mr. Picky for 12 years now, and he's not really <laughs> that picky anymore, but he loves the name. He thinks he's, it's his brand. So we, go, <laughs> we, we keep it just because he wants to, but he eats a smoothie every single day. And it's kind of the same one every single day, yeah. but he knows if he's going to make it on his own, he has to have fat and protein in it to stabilize the sugar that's in there from the fruit. Yeah, totally. So smart. Okay. We've been talking about breakfast. Everybody always wants to talk about dinner. You have a whole chapter on the Instant Pot, which I love. I'm like one of those crazy people who did not convert to the Instant Pot early. I was like, "Mm, it's not my kind of food. I really associated it with like dump and I don't, Megan has a little like phrase for it, like dump and stir dinners or something. A packet of taco seasoning, frozen chicken breasts, a jar of salsa, let's go. And that's great. I know that's super convenient. I bet it's tasty. It's just not the, it's not the way that I cook. So it took me a really long time to come around to it. And one of our recent guests, Melissa Clark, was actually one of the reasons why I converted. And as I flipped through the Instant Pot section of your cookbook, I was like, yes, more of my kind of Instant Pot recipes. So I want to talk about that for one second, but I also want to know what other tools like the Instant Pot tools, countertop appliances, you also think are really important for Mm -hmm. quicker than quick cooking. Yeah, sure. So to touch on the Instant Pot, I'm sort of right there with you. I didn't really, I didn't really embrace it. I had it for a couple of years and maybe I used it like once or twice a year. And then I was kind of like, well, let me just, let me just try and get into it just because people keep asking me about it. And I think that what I tried to do with the chapter in the book is just to give a variety of recipes that would just be different from that typical kind that you see a lot of. And also I think that you can't cook everything in the instant pot. Like there are some things that really don't lend themselves well, Totally, like things that are already quick you're going to end up wasting time by using the Instant Pot. Things where you kind of need to taste as you go or test them out. Like I've tried pasta in the Instant Pot, not worth it. Pasta doesn't take that long on the stove. So I'm not going to waste my time and potentially ruin something in an Instant Pot um, that I can really make on the stove just as easily. So what it's good for are things that take a really long time. So like those tough cuts of meat or like I put sweet potatoes because I love roasting sweet potatoes, but it's take an hour. 
So I put that in there because I thought that would be useful. Um, and then just things like beans and legumes that, of course, take a long time on the stove. What people have to realize about the Instant Pot, though, is that there is this time that is not ever included in recipes that it takes the instant pot to literally come up to pressure and then you add in the cook time. So the more stuff you have in an instant pot, especially liquid, the longer it's going to take to come to pressure. So one quick tip that I give in the book is that if you're trying to make like a soup or a stew in the instant pot and it requires a bit of water or stock, boil it first on the stove and then add it boiled to the instant pot. And then you will cut your, I don't know what you call that time to come up to pressure, but you will cut that time like by a ton. So then you can just, you know, seal it. And then again, it will start cooking like very, very quickly from there. So, you know, I mean, if you love it, great. I think it's also great for people who maybe just don't have time to do stuff in advance and they just need to come home at the end of the day and just like, again, whip something out. But with respect to tools that I think help make people get through things quicker, I mean, I can't live without my food processor. It just makes quick work out of so many tedious tasks, whether it's shredding or even you can even chop some stuff in your food processor if you know what you're doing. I I can chop pretty quickly, but for people that maybe don't um, and they don't mind that the pieces might not be in totally uniform. So for like a mirepoix, it's like fine, like a celery, carrot, onion base to start off something. It's like, it's okay. But you can, if you use the pulse feature on your food processor, you can actually chop things like pretty quickly. Um, It blends things really beautifully. So I make pie dough in it. I make pesto. I make so much in my food processor. I really love it. I use my microplanes a lot. In fact, I use my larger microplane to mince garlic. And listen, I love cooking. Don't love washing dishes so much. So to use that microplane to mince my garlic or to mince ginger is so fast and easy. And then I don't have to deal with, you know, getting the smell out of the cutting board. So love that. I also use my toaster oven quite a bit. So if I have, I have a toaster oven that can accommodate a nine inch round or an eight by eight inch square baking dish. So if I'm trying to like reheat something like, I don't know, chicken tenders, or if I'm trying to make, um, you know, a batch of, I don't know, whatever, something in an eight by eight, like a frittata or, you know, thing of brownies. I'll just use my toaster oven. It cooks perfectly evenly. It preheats so much faster than an oven. And uh, and I so I love using that. That's, uh, to me, a total game changer. You're actually converting me. My husband and I have a long time debate about toasters and toaster ovens. <laughs> and over the years, I have been team not toaster oven. Huh. Only because, not because of functionality, only because in New York City, even like a nice big kitchen does not have a lot of countertop space. space. Yeah. And so I'm just very selective about what I'll keep up there. I mean, I didn't have a high a high powered blender for a really long time because I was like, nope, I like clean, minimal counters. 
you know, but slowly but surely, <laughs> kid one, kid two, busy life, you stop caring quite as much and you just want convenience. And like, I'm, I'm on the edge. You're pushing me to the edge of the twister oven thing. <laughs> we use it all the time. I know, I, I mean, hear that. I, you know, and just like, sometimes I'm just making a meal for like one child or, yes. you know, for myself. And you just want to let, I, I don't have a microwave. That is something that I gave up. Like when my microwave died, that was a choice that I made. Like I don't use a microwave enough to warrant having that much space yeah. in my kitchen. So I got rid of that. And, you know, I just, I love the toaster oven for again, like just quick reheating and so many other things. You know, what's so funny. My boys have been cooking more. And one of the things that they actually are moving away from it now that we're in quarantine and using the stove, but they were making quote unquote cheese melts where they put a slice of cheese on bread and melt it in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really gross. And I would tell them each time. Don't knock like, it till you try it. That was like my childhood. <laughs> but go ahead. I was like, just get out a pan and grill it. Like it'll get toasty and delicious. Right. And, mm. and they were like, no. And I almost, I'm like, hmm, get rid of the microwave and replace it with a toaster oven. Yes. A cheese melt is way better in the toaster oven. Way, way, way. better. <laughs> um, I am just completely in love with this book. I mean, oh, it's just, you. first of all, there's 140 recipes. Is that right? Yes. yes. That's a lot. I just wrote a, a cookbook. <laughs> it's yes, a lot. It is. My first cookbook at 150. And this new one, just because it's a single subject, sure. only has 50. And I was like, Oh, for you. Yeah, but still 50 chicken recipes. I mean, I that's know. amazing. <laughs> but still 140 <laughs> recipes. And like making such use of, you know, the sheet pan, the instant pot. I just, I love it. There's Thank so much you. in here. It's exactly what you said, that you can just grab a book when you want to make something very quick and easy. And there's such a huge variety of things and for all the different meals and you can count on them all being quicker than quick. So I so appreciate you bringing your passion for food and also your like your teacher hat to this. <laughs> you know, like well, I can tell the, that you teach cooking. Yes. I was going to say like these the recipes that I put in this book are not only ones that fit the theme of quicker than quick, but they're also favorites from my classes from the last couple of years. So I have the advantage of being able to teach recipes over and over and over again because I teach, well, I did teach four days a week in person. You and will so, again. <laughs> yes, I know. Let's hope. But um, just being able to, you know, teach something 16 times in a month and then have feedback and then people yes. ask questions and then you can refine the directions so that they're super, super clear and, you know, just tweak all those nuances in the recipe. It's, it's just, it's been a gift for me to be able to have that and then, you know, be able to pass on these recipes that I feel are, you know, really well road tested and approved. Yeah, it's like your recipe testing is built in. Yes, exactly. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm going to start a class. Um, okay, before we sign off, yes. number one kitchen skill that you want everybody to learn as an investment in quick cooking. Yes, it's it's about knife skills and it's about sharp, getting your knives sharpened. I'm, I just finished teaching a boot camp. Um, and about just like healthy cooking made quick and easy. And like, I literally dove right into the knife because people are like, what knife should yep. I get? I'm like, yep. you don't need new knives. Your yes. knives are great. 
because I teach in houses. I don't know if, if you were aware of that. I teach in people's kitchens, not in like a commercial space. So I am using normal people's knives all the time. And yep. most people have great knives. They're just not sharp because people yes. think that like you buy a knife that's expensive and that it should just last you forever without having to do any maintenance. Completely false. You need to get them sharpened, um, you know, either sharpen them yourselves. Like I showed people, I did a video on how to sharpen your own knives, but you can look it up on YouTube. YouTube and like find lots of different knife people telling you how to do it. And then you need to bring them to a professional, you know, even if it's twice a year, it's better than nothing. When you have a sharp knife, your game will change. There's nothing that will change the game more than a sharp knife. Like all of a sudden it's safer. You're not bruising food. You're cooking, you're, you're cutting things more quickly. It's more fun. It's more efficient. You're just like, oh my gosh, this is like, is this what it's supposed to be like? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. So it's like, once you get your knife sharpened, then you practice your knife skills. I love it. That's so perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. We so appreciate it. You have been so prolific on Mm. Instagram. I know you're doing the boot camp. You're doing classes. You're on Instagram (laughs) nearly every single day of the week. Stacey, when I started these Instagram lives on March 16th, (laughs) I literally thought it was going to be two weeks. (laughs) Today, or I don't even know what day we're on at this point, but we're in the 50s at this moment. It's amazing. It's crazy is what it is, but I'm having fun. It is crazy. But we love it. We love watching you. We'll have a link to your book, to your Instagram, to your site, where the classes can be found, all in the show notes. This was so much fun to connect with you. And I'm loving your book, too, by the way. Thanks. It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, I'm also, like, right now, I need to go make the roasted broccoli with tahini sauce. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That photo with all the fresh herbs Mm -hmm. and the hazelnuts and the raisins. Little quick flavor boosts. Love it. Love it. Stacy, what Pamela said about knife skills and getting everyone to brush up their knife skills, improve their knife skills, and how much that's going to improve their cooking lives... It's just so, so true and something I don't think we talk enough about. When is the last time you sharpened your knife skills, Stacey? Uh, I feel like I have really good knife skills, I got to say. I oh, have to okay. say that I, okay. went to, I went to some, like, work event several years ago. And uh, what's his name? Harold Deuterly, the oh. chef from Top Chef. Remember him? Yeah. A million years ago. Uh, restaurant tour. It was a million years ago. But it okay, was. Yes. I think yes. it was. I know. How many years have they been doing Top Chef? Like oh, 20 years. A million years. years. <laughs> it is a long, long ass yeah, time. Dude, it's so, okay. I need to just now I need to look it up. Okay, okay. Look it up and then keep telling us about the knife skills classes you took. So I was in like a demo with him and I got called up oh, to okay. like chop alongside him And, you know, these were all like food professionals. A lot of them were writers and we're writer recipe developers. It's a little different. We have a different skill set. But I started chopping and he looked over and he's like, oh, good night skills. So I was, I was like, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm the sexiest mofo in this house. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But, and I'm also really crazy about my knives. I never put them in the dishwasher. 
you wash by hand, you dry immediately, you hone each time, and then you sharpen. You know, there's a little controversy over how much you sharpen them. If you hone them every day, I don't feel like you should have to sharpen them more than once a year, but there you go. There you go. I recently, like, aka since quarantine started, have decided, like, I got out my wet block to sharpen my knives for myself for the first time. I don't hone every day, so I probably sharpen my knives three times a year. And we like have previously taken them to our farmer's market. There's a knife sharpener there. Cause then you can watch and like talk to the person about the, the sort of edge that you like to keep on your knives, which I think is important. Yes. But yeah, I'm trying to think, I feel like I haven't done anything to brush up on my knife skills in a while. And I might like to do that at some point, whether I take like a masterclass online or like idea. a Skillshare, um, specifically around fit, like breaking down whole fish. Yes. I was just thinking about that because I found my fillet knife. In, yes. Like, which I never use. Yes. And see, like there's other big cuts of meat. I'm going to categorize fish and meat, which is like together, which is a weird thing to say. But like I break down a chicken regularly and ribs regularly. I know how to debone um, a big pork shoulder, but there are other like pieces of meat that I feel like I could be better if I knew I I could save money really is the heart of it if I knew how to break them down like could I buy like a big cut and cut my own steaks if I brushed up on the on my meat knife skills specifically and then Boise is actually like a relatively big fishing community you know the Boise River runs right through the city um there's lots of like trout fishing and fly fishing all over the place and I'd love to like get into that and then also be able to like break down our own fish which sounds yeah, no sounds like a little more little house on the prairie than i mean it to but like even if we did it once a summer it would be cool my brother-in-law does it all the time whenever we go to louisiana they live in new orleans they yeah. have a boat and oliver loves to fish he says it's his favorite sport along with flag football. Just uh, like a very weird combination. I know or this maybe about, not. I know this about Oliver because he's been like, I would like to come to Boise yes. and like fish and yeah. also do river rafting. That yes. was the other thing he told me. He, he loves both do. of those things. Yes, yes. I oh, feel like I it's sad him. a little bit that he's like that we're raising him in New York City. Like no, compared it's not. to well, compared to his big brother who's like I don't think he'll ever leave New York. Like, I'm yeah. going to leave New York one day, and he, Isaac will be he'll like, be peace, there. I'll be here. Um, he's such a New Yorker. But Oliver loves, like, being out in the wild. But my, every time we catch fish, my um, brother-in-law, like, breaks it down, and, and, and it's like, sautéing this and sautéing that. He recently bought a whole lamb <laughs> and broke it down himself. And then on Instagram was sharing, like, eight days of lamb meals. <laughs> like, how he, like, ground some lamb and did all this stuff yeah i think that's cool it is cool. That's super cool it is cool it does save you money and also i do think like there's two things about saving time because we're talking about quicker than quick i right? know i was gonna say none of those things are time saving so tell well, us actually i do think it can be time saving because okay. it's the same way like you get home and a lot of people will recommend as pamela did like wash your greens let them dry while you unpack and then roll them up in the paper towels and keep them. And what you've done is like, you've made it 
quicker <laughs> when it's time to use those greens. You don't have to wash them. Yes. Um, or you can buy them pre-washed, of course, but like doing prep yourself. So I think if you get big cuts of meat, you get it, you prep it, you break it all down, you store it, whether in the freezer or in the fridge. And then when it's time to cook, there's like no trimming, there's no cutting, you just use it. So that is one, ultimately, like it's a long view on your time savings. Yes. Coupled with budget, with saving money. Yes. But in general, I think what Pamela said is so true that like it will change your life. If you've been cooking with dull knives, you have no idea that not only is it going to save you a tremendous amount of time, but like the angst of cutting and chopping and prepping will lift. You'll be like, is this what it's been like for all those people who talk about, you know? <laughs> yes. It, it does it become is. a joy. It becomes chop yes. therapy, as our friend Tracy Benjamin yes. says. Yes. Exactly. So anyway, we were sad that you weren't on the interview, Megan. Always, always miss you. But I hope that you and everybody else listening enjoyed it and that they will go grab Pamela's amazing book. You know, not only do I love this book, but also we have a we have a new bond, the two of us, because both of us publish books in quarantine. Yes. <laughs> so get the word out. When you look at Pamela's stuff, when you get her book in the mail, Quicker Than Quick, 140 Crave-Worthy Recipes for Healthy Comfort Foods in 30 minutes or less. If you like it, tell all your friends. I do think they call that a trauma bond, Stacey. Yes, there you go. <laughs> we have a book. I, I feel like it's a little um, overdramatic given what yes. like a lot of people are I going know, through, but it is. It's our book trauma bond. Oh, <laughs> um, I really enjoyed listening to you guys. And I want, speaking of listening to you guys, to the rest of our Didn't I Just Feed You crew. I like what you did we there. We should... <laughs> We would love to hear from you in the listeners group. I want to know what your quicker than quick meals are, including the ones where it's no cook or even your shortcut meals. That'll be a great resource for everyone in the listeners group. And then I'm now I'm also curious, like if there was a cooking skill or baking skill that you could brush up on, what would it be? Would you want to learn how to break down fish? Would you want to learn how to break down a whole lamb and freeze it? The best place to have all these conversations is in our listeners group on Facebook. You can join the group answering the question, what is our favorite cocktail with the answer, whiskey. Please don't add us. Whiskey is a cocktail. And most importantly, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You right now, right where you are, so you don't miss a single episode. And if you like what you hear, tell your friends about us and rate and review on iTunes. It makes a really big difference. Remember, it's for our morale. <laughs> No heavy trip or anything. Yeah, no guilt trip here. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Gemendo. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. What is something you would never eat? I would never eat fish. I don't like fish. Hey, Oliver. Yeah? Is there a food that both you and Ziggy, our puppy, love? Tuna. Tuna. <laughs> and chicken. And chicken and sweet potato. Oh, yeah. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose they stitch people together if all that sounds good to you visit american-giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code staple20 at checkout that's 20% off your first order at american-giant.com with promo code staple20